0: If I haven't met you, my name is JT. I'm the lead pastor here, um, and I was thinking actually this week um, about, I think the past few years for Laura, my wife and I, we have had to make probably, I think, the most big decisions uh, in in our you know, our life together. And I was kind of processing through the past number of years and I was just thinking about how, like, for me at least, there are these seasons where it just feels like, wow, I'm having to navigate some pretty difficult things. Like, and it just feels like for us, and I, you know, I I talk to a lot of you guys, sometimes when it rains, it pours. Like can I just make one hard decision this month? But it just feels like so many things. Um, And I would say maybe the most common conversation I have with people as a pastor is some version of what am I supposed to be doing? Some kind of uh, conversation about what we're going to talk about this morning, discernment. How do I discern what am I supposed to do? You know, what am I supposed to do with this hard decision? How do I handle this issue that's happening with my kids? Or or people, you know, what's going on? A lot of people right now are deconstructing their faith and trying to navigate through what parts of my faith are are you know, from the Lord and are worth saving and are good, and what parts of my faith are, like, kind of man-made and gross and maybe not from God, and, and it's hard to parse through that. I, I will say I think that's a really healthy and biblical thing to do, and so today we're going to be talking about how we do that in a healthy, good way. How do we navigate making a decision um, where it just seems difficult? And and so what we're going to be talking about is discernment, and along with that, it's the idea of how do we hear the voice of God? How do we hear from the Lord? Because I know if if you're like me, there's so many times where you come up to a fork in the road, and both options seem good. Like, this seems good, and this seems good. Or, (laughs) Both options seem horrible. Exactly. They both are like, well, like, in this one, everything is ruined, and this one, everything is ruined. So which one do I choose? And that's right, which one is the shinier turn? man, he says. <laughs> <laughs> and if you are like me, there is so much fear and anxiety that I attach to making decisions like that. I am prone to anxiety. I've shared that with you guys. And so when I am facing those things, I just get consumed with fear. Am I alone in that? No, good. Good. What if I miss it? What if I make the wrong choice? What if the path that I'm on was actually the wrong one and I missed it years ago? And I've like, you know, I'm all way down the wrong path. And I have found so much talking to people, so much anxiety attached to the will of God. And, and before we kind of jump in, I, I have a, a little story that I want to share with you guys about navigating. This was another time where Laura and I were navigating a, a hard thing. We had just left. I was on staff at a church that, between you and I and everyone <laughs> listening, was a toxic environment. It was a really toxic environment, and we didn't know what God was calling us into. We just knew he was calling us out of that. And so there were a few opportunities. I was a pastor at this church that I was leaving, and so there was one option to to start working at kind of this younger church where the leaders seemed to kind of be more, you know, in, in our... Uh, age demographic, and it seemed more of like kind of a cool, fun environment. There was another um, church that was like looking to bring me on staff that seemed like there was some older, wiser leadership that seemed like, oh, that seems cool. And then there was another option, this was 12 years ago, of planting a church up in Cleveland, Ohio, which we're from Columbus, but we were like, maybe... Some people were talking to us about potentially planting a church up here. And so I remember thinking, all three of these things seem kind of cool to me. They all have downsides and upsides. Some of them seem more exciting. Some of them seem safer. Some of them seem cooler. um, But I just want to do the right one. Like, which one is the right one? And I had so much anxiety and fear attached to picking the wrong one. And I remember one day I was praying about it and I felt so clearly the Lord say to me, well, what do you wanna do? Because I'm gonna bless you if you go down that road. I'm gonna bless you if you go down this road. I'm gonna bless you if you go down this road. And that, honestly, it just like blew my mind and reshaped, began, began to reshape the way I started thinking about God's will for my life. And a few years later, we were faced with another one of these things, and I kind of had forgotten that. And I was so fearful and anxious about making the right decision. And the Lord gave me this picture of like my favorite thing to do. My favorite thing to do was to take my little daughter, Olive, to the park. We lived really close to this park, and I just loved watching her play at the park. And I felt like the Lord said to me, JT, This playground, this park is like my will for you. I love to watch you play. I love to watch you make decisions. And sometimes it's like, I, I would love to watch my daughter go down the slide and then she wants to go on the monkey bars and I don't have a super clear agenda of which thing on the playground she has to do. But there are times where I say, hey, that guy over there seems unsafe. Let's, let's, let's go to this side. <laughs> or, hey, there's a bunch of broken glass at the end of the slide. Let's not play on the slide. Or, hey, you've been out in the sun all day. I got some juice boxes or some water or some lunch. And so there are times that if, if, if my daughter Olive stayed close enough to me, there is direction for her. But for the most part, I'm just saying, play, have fun. And the Lord said to me, this is my will for you. I created this this universe, this world for you to enjoy it, not to feel anxious and fearful. And if you stay close enough to me, then you're going to be okay. I felt like he said to me, as long as you stay close and listen to my voice, you're going to be all right. So how do we do that? How do we hear his voice? How do we stay close enough to hear his voice? One of my favorite verses that I try to remind myself is John 16, chapter 3. It says, the Spirit will guide you into all truth. This is a theme that we see all throughout the Bible, but particularly when it comes to the work of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit is one of the main things that the Holy Spirit does is guide us to show us the way. How beautiful is that? The Spirit of the living God is available to guide us through life. But the reality is, I believe so many of us struggle to hear the voice of the Spirit to struggle to hear the voice of of God in those situations. So how do we discern his voice and his will for our life? Well, let's pray, and then we'll jump in and talk about it. Holy Spirit, would you come? Lord, I'm just aware, even in this room, folks are trying to discern things, what they believe about certain things what they should do as a parent, what they should do in their career, where they should move, what they should, you know, whatever it is, Lord. And you promise that you will guide us into truth. So, Lord, I pray that I don't get in the way of your voice, that you will speak to your people. In your name, amen. Well, let's start off by looking at Jeremiah chapter uh, 31, verse 33. Um, this is uh, the prophet Jeremiah was, was, was hearing the word of the Lord and talking about this time that was coming, that when Jesus was going to come and, and, and uh, make this covenant, this new covenant with his people, and this covenant we can read about that was uh, basically made on the cross that Jesus said, this is my new covenant in my blood. And here's what the prophet Jeremiah says about this covenant, he says, this is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after this time. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. This is just part of the covenant, but this is, this is a big part that Jeremiah is saying through, through, through God is saying through the prophet Jeremiah that my law will no longer be tablets of stone, but it's going to be written on the human heart. That w- what what I want for my people, where I'm leading my people, what I what I have for my people is going to be written on their hearts and on their minds. And we find this idea throughout the Bible that God uh, desires not just to speak through, uh, to us through, you know, a 2,000-year-old book, which he does speak to us through that book. I want to make that clear. Maybe primarily he speaks to us through that book, but he also wants to speak to us through our hearts and through our minds. Let me, let me just make sure I love the Bible. <laughs> we love the Bible here but the normal Christian life is having a relationship with God um, where not only do we speak to him, but he actually speaks back to us, where he communicates his heart to us, and we can have an expectation that God wants to speak to us. So how do we recognize when the Lord is speaking to us? How do we make ourselves available to hear from Him? So here's here's what I want to do in this sermon. I want to do a few things. One, I want to give us um, three uh, tips of ways we can uh, position ourselves or prepare ourselves to hear from the Lord. Then I want to give us a grid that we can run things through to see is this the Lord. Is this the Lord speaking? And finally, I want to practice hearing from the Lord. So we're going to do those three things. So let's start by how do we prepare ourselves to hear from the Lord? Um, So I say this all the time. When someone wants to know God's will for my life, almost always the first thing I say to them is if you want to know God's will for your life, you need to seek his face and not his will. If you want to know what God has for you, you need to seek his face and not his will. Here's what I mean by that. It all, almost, just like almost everything else, it all starts from relationship with God. It all starts from being close to him. Remember the analogy of the playground. Stay close to him. And if you stay close to him, you, you, you'll be able to hear his voice. If I'm, if I'm just looking for God to tell me what to do, I first of all, I'm missing so much else that he has for me. If I'm just looking for God to direct me, I'm missing the peace and joy and hope and love and all of these things he has for me. But if I'm seeking God's face and staying close to the Lord and staying in relationship with God, his, his guidance and his will is part of what I receive. So if we just seek his will, we might miss out on everything. We might miss out on everything. I love John chapter 15. Jesus is talking To his disciples, and he says, Remain in me as I remain in you. He says, No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. What Jesus is saying is like, listen, if you want the fruit, whatever it is, wisdom, like wisdom in navigating hard choices, joy, self-control, hope, peace, if you want it, remain in me. It's in relationship that we see fruit. So many times I feel that I will do this and I see people like try to be a tree that like produces the fruit itself. Like, oh, apple, come on. But that's not how it works. Like, the vine needs to be connected, or you need to be connected to the vine in order to produce the fruit. So if you want to know wisdom, if you want to know his will for your life, it all starts from connection to him, being connected. If we seek him and stay connected to him, learning his will is part of the deal. part of the deal. Number two, the next thing that we need to do is to make space. This, I think, is is such a big deal. Um, See, I believe that God is constantly speaking to us, constantly. I believe he's constantly, like, like we just saying, he is constantly, recklessly pursuing us and speaking to us and wanting relationship with him. The problem is, for, for me, and if the shoe fits, you can wear it too, is I'm too busy and I'm too distracted. I have too many things going on to hear from him. I remember... <laughs> so, a, a couple times a year, I try to go on... A weekend sabbatical or I take a Sabbath part of it is to recharge but a huge part of it is like Lord I want to hear your voice I want you to give me clarity on you know wh- wh- what I need to do in ministry blah 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 all that stuff and I remember I was laying on the couch watching a basketball game The basketball game was muted because I was listening to a podcast and scrolling through Instagram and I was like, first of all, this is, this is not restful. Second of all, how am I going to hear God's voice when I have, like, multiple sources of stimulation and the communication going on at the same time? And I wonder if it's true for you as well that you would be able to hear God's voice clear if you made space for him, if you decluttered a little bit, Just a really practical tip, I have found for people who want to hear God's voice, oftentimes what they do is they add more stimulus. They read another book, they go to another conference, they go to another service, they do this and they do that. And I feel instead of adding something to your life, what if we thought, what if I subtract something from my life? What if I, what if I, you know, got rid of this part of my schedule and just opened up 15. What if I didn't listen to music or podcasts while I'm in the car? Or what if when I go for that walk, I don't put in headphones and I just have quiet? I was just talking to my wife yesterday and she was telling me that she's been practicing putting her phone on Do Not Disturb Simple things, like really simple things. I think sometimes, too, we think it's got to be something big. I need to put three hours or a whole silent weekend retreat. And maybe, maybe that would be an amazing thing, but maybe it's like making five minutes. I find subtracting can be more helpful sometimes. And if we look at the life of Jesus, um, I think... He really models this really well. Jesus really models this life of of rhythm and margin and creating space to have silence and solitude, but, in, but also being in community. All these things where, where Jesus said in, in John chapter 5, this is kind of a life verse for me. He says, very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. If Jesus said, I need to create space to hear from, from the father, if Jesus says, I need to create these rhythms of silence and solitude so I can hear and see what God is doing, if it's good enough for him, it's probably good enough for you and I. To create rhythms in our life of, of quiet and, 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 and solitude and space. I mean, it feels obvious, right? But I, but I forget all the time. It feels so obvious, but I forget all the time. But the reality is, for me, the busier I am, the less I hear from the Lord. But the more I clear space for him, both, um, you know, time and, you know, stimuli. And when I create space to hear from the Lord, I hear from him more often. So I encourage you to think about ways in your life not to add more things, but to remove distractions. To remove, you know, clutter from your calendar and from your mind and all that stuff. So maybe you'll be able to hear from the Lord. Third thing to prepare is uh, giving God your yes. Yes. Here's what I mean by that. Um, I often think about my life as saying, God, I am writing a blank check and signing it and giving it to you. Saying, here you go, whatever you want. Saying yes to God before he even answers you. Before he, he, he says, this is what I want you to do. It's saying, your will, not mine. Your purpose is not mine. Whatever you say, God, the answer is yes. Because I found, for me, so often, I am actually not seeking God's will for my life. I am seeking him to confirm what I already want. I'm seeking him to say, good job, keep on doing that. And if I don't hear that, I'm like, well, I'm going to keep on doing it. I think we could hear him a lot more clearly if we didn't come to him with our agenda, but we genuinely were looking for his goodwill and his good purposes on the big things and the small things. I remember I was talking to my brother. If you remember, my brother came and shared. He's a missionary down in Brazil, and regularly people will say things to him like, gosh, It must have been so hard to, like, leave your family and leave all, you know, the comforts of America and go down to Brazil into the middle of the rainforest. And they'll say, yeah, that was difficult, but you know what's harder? You know what's harder is, like, serving my wife every day and, like, being kind to my neighbor who's kind of a jerk. And... What's hard is saying yes for him, and I think it's true for many of us. The big things can be easier sometimes because they're exciting, but the small yeses to God can be harder. But if we just say yes to you, I I I love what John Wember would always say. He would say, "I'm just change in God's pocket, and He can spin me as He pleases." And if we have that mindset of Lord. I'm yours. Your will be done. So I think those three things of of seeking relationship, creating space, and giving him our yes enable us to hear from him more. And so let me ask you this then. So if we do those things, we create the space, how does God speak? How will he speak in your life? And here is where I imagine some of you wish I would be a lot more clear than I'm going to be. And this is where I wish I could be. How does God speak? The problem is, is we have an infinite God who can speak in infinite ways. And the reality is this. I imagine the way he speaks to you going to be different than the way he speaks to me. There's probably some overlap. There's probably some principles that we can learn here. Um, But here's what I will say. Oftentimes, we are expecting God to speak in very supernatural ways. Like we think God's voice is going to be this boom megaphone, or it's going to be like, I look up in the sky, and there's words up there, or I pull out a potato chip, and it's the Virgin Mary. or Like, we expect that's the way that God speaks. And I want to say, I believe he does speak that way. I believe we, we have a miraculous God who does speak, but oftentimes, I find God speaks in very natural ways that are easy to miss. I love the story of Elijah where he's, like, basically saying, you know, you speak through the wind and the earthquakes and the fire. And God says, but I want you to learn my still, small voice. There's, like, something small that's easy to miss. Sometimes God speaks through Scripture. Scripture. We read the Bible and we think, oh, this is what God has for me. Sometimes he speaks through a sermon or through friends or through our emotions or a feeling we get or or our thoughts. And sometimes those things can feel very natural and normal, Normal, but make no mistake, they are supernatural. It is God speaking. I love this uh parable. It's the parable of the drowning man. I was in uh, New Orleans last week, and th- th- we went to some of the places that were flooded during Hurricane Katrina. And I remember, actually, I heard this parable during uh, Hurricane Katrina, but it came to my mind. of uh, The parable of the drowning man, I'll just read it to you. It says, a fellow was stuck on his rooftop in a flood. He was praying to God for help. Soon, a man in a rowboat came by and the fellow shouted to the man on the roof, jump in, I can save you. The stranded fellow shouted back, no, it's okay, I'm praying to God and he's going to save me. So the rowboat went on. Then a motorboat came by and the fellow in the motorboat shouted, jump in, I can save you. To this, the stranded man said, no thanks, I'm praying to God and he is going to save me. I have faith. So the motorboat went on. And then a helicopter came by and the pilot shouted down, grab this rope and I will lift you safely. And to this, the stranded man again replied, no thanks, I'm praying to God and he's going to save me because I have faith. The helicopter reluctantly flew away. Soon the water rose above the rooftop and the man drowned. He went to heaven, he finally got his chance to discuss this whole situation with God, at which point he exclaimed, I had faith in you, but you didn't save me. You let me drown, and I don't understand why. To this God replied, I sent you a rowboat, a motorboat, and a helicopter, what more did you expect? I think kind of the moral of this story is sometimes God speaks through really natural ways. Sometimes we're like, no, I'm waiting for God to move. And it's like, I am moving. I'm trying. And with that being said, I do think we can also read through scripture and we can see that God spoke through talking donkeys and he spoke through burning bushes and he spoke through tongues of fire and through the wind and through all different kinds of things. And I think the key is, is giving him space taking him out of a box, and being curious. I think curiosity is one of the greatest gifts we have from the Lord. Might this be the voice of God? Being curious, Lord, is that you? Is that you? And so, when you're you're trying to discern that, Lord, is this you? Is this God? Is this what you might be saying? Is this what you want me to do in this situation? Is this what you have for me? I think, you know, is this where you might be leading me? There's, there's this grid I want to share with you really quick that I think is really helpful that I use all the time in my life. Now I will say this grid can be very subjective. All of the things on this list can be subjective, but they are helpful, and so when I'm trying to determine God's will, his voice, I run things through the grid. The first one is scripture. Is what you feel like the Lord is saying to you, does it line up with what we know about God in scripture? This is really important. And the, re- the reason why I say it's subjective is because it kind of depends on whose interpretation of scripture that you are listening to, but it's, there's there's certain things, like, if you feel like the Lord is saying to you, hey, beat up that little kid and take his money, well, no, that doesn't line up with what we know about God, or, or so many times people are like, hey, I think God wants me to have an affair with this woman. I'm like, that doesn't seem in line with what we really read in Scripture, or hey, you know, and then sometimes it's a little bit more nuanced. Like, sometimes they're very obvious, but sometimes it's like, listen, You know, you're trying to figure out this business deal, and you think, I could be a little bit dishonest with the way I fill this out, and it would be better for my company. And then you think, is is that in line with what I feel like the Lord has for me? And you just weigh it through. What do we see in Scripture? If, if if you feel like God is telling you to do something, that is, goes against Scripture, most likely it's not God. Next is community. I think we discern better in community. I think God built us to be in community. We're going to talk about that in a future week, but I think one of the reasons we do community is because we discern better together. I don't think we're supposed to discern most of the time in a vacuum. This has been so helpful for me. Um, I have people in my life that I have given permission, please, if you see me doing something that doesn't feel like it's from the Lord, call me out. If you feel like I'm doing something harmful, hold me accountable. There's people that I bounce stuff off of. Like, if ever I feel like I need to make a hard decision, um, obviously, Lara and I process. But, like, I almost immediately call my dad. Dad, what, what do you think? What do you hear from the Lord? Does this feel like the Lord? There needs to be people in your life who have the ability and the permission to speak into your life. It's so important. So whenever I'm trying to discern, there's people I constantly run things by. And here's the deal, I will listen to anybody. Like if anybody has something that they say like, hey, I think this, I will listen to anybody, but I don't give the same weight to everybody. Does that make sense? Like there's some people that I'm like, hey, thanks for saying that. I have no idea what you're talking about, but and then there's some people that if they say something to me, even if I disagree with it, I say, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like really process this and sit with this a little bit because I really trust you." Does that make sense? I think that's really important to have those kind of people in your life, and if you don't, I I, I would encourage you to start pursuing them. I remember when. It felt like the Lord was calling um, through, through a bunch of different things. I felt like the Lord was making it really clear that remember that dream that you had to maybe plant a church in Cleveland, you know, a decade ago? Well, I think now's the time. And I remember thinking that and thinking, well, look, if that's from you, Lord, I want to hear from the people that I trust um, that they would confirm that. And, and here was the stipulation that I put on. You don't have to put this on. I want them to come to me without me going to them. And so I said, Lord, if you want me to plan a church in Cleveland, I want my current pastor boss, my parents, and my wife to all... You are number one. I'm not, I am not. wasn't saying it in order. I want them to all... <laughs> You are my number one. <laughs> um, I want, I want, I want them all to come to me without my prompting and and bring this up. And so, like within that week, Lara comes to me and she says, "Jay, do you ever still do you do you do you ever still think about planting a church in Cleveland?" And I say, "Yes, I do." <laughs> Why do you say that? And she's like, "I, I just." I've been thinking about it a lot. I think I think we should do it. I'm like, cool. So so I tell her kind of the the the, the deal and what I felt like the Lord was doing. And then I get to work, me and my boss, um, we had a regular Friday morning uh, breakfast where we just processed things about the church and all that kind of stuff. And I was his kind of number two person. And I was like basically in line to take over the church when he retired. And so we were sitting there, and so he had reason for me that he would not want me to leave. So we were sitting there at lunch, and he said, hey, um, don't take this the wrong way. Like, I love you, and I want you to be here till the day you die. <laughs> but I just have a feeling that there's gonna be some opportunities opening up, and I feel like the Lord is probably calling you into something new. And I want you to know that I am for it and I wanna support what what God is doing. So I say, funny you should say that. So we start talking about it. And then uh, I was out to uh, lunch with my dad and if there's anything that my parents love more than their kids, it's their grandkids. Um, So they don't want their grandkids to be far away. So they have vested interest in keeping really all live close by. So uh, me and my dad are having lunch, and he just says, Jay, over the last year, I have seen something new in you. You seem like you are, you need to be a lead pastor. And I feel like the Lord is calling you to do, do something new and go be a lead pastor. And I was like, funny, you should mention that. So listen, this is something that I have used all the time in my life saying, I want, I want other people. I trust people. I don't always trust myself, but I trust the people around me. And so I encourage you, have people in your life that you will listen to. Uh, uh, another grid that we run it through is reason. Our own reasoning. Our own common sense. God gave you a brain. <laughs> God gave you the ability to process and think through things. Again, this can be subjective, um, but when we use our, our reasoning skills and we weigh out pros and cons, oftentimes we can determine God's will for our, our 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 lives. And not always, sometimes God calls us into things that don't make sense, that's obviously true, but oftentimes if you're trying to weigh things out, we, we, we can weigh that out and say, this just makes more sense. This just makes more sense. One of the things I love is the story about bringing the gospel to the Gentiles, which is where the reason that pretty much everyone in this room knows Jesus is because the good news was brought to the Gentiles. You would expect that to be something where God, you know, you know, wrote it in the sky, and everyone was like, it is very clear, but you know what, what it was? The disciples got around and said, it seems like a good idea. They literally says, it seems good to us. Okay, let's do it. So, I think the idea of saying it seems, this seems good is, is really important. Again, subjective. Sometimes God calls us into crazy things that don't make sense, that's right. That's why, that's why we, we, we have this whole thing. But I think we've lost the ability sometimes to say, well, it seems good. We're waiting for, we're waiting for the big, you know, God's sending the rowboat. <laughs> but we're expecting, you know, something else. Next is our feelings and our emotions. How we feel. Gosh, this is one that I am having to relearn. Because I had this idea somewhere along the way, I think sometimes it was expressed explicitly and sometimes it was expressed, you know, not explicitly, but that my feelings are bad. In so many Christian circles, we've been taught to ignore our emotions, that they're untrustworthy, um, but emotions are God given. The way you feel is is something that God has put in you. Now, what is true is that our emotions can't be the rudder. They can't be the thing that you know, dictates everything. But we can't ignore them either. God gave them to us. It's important to ask, does this situation make me feel anxious? Or does this situation give me peace? Now again, God can call us into something that can seem scary. But oftentimes, I have found that even when God calls me into something scary, there's this like weird peace I have in that. Not always. Like none of these things are 100%. But oftentimes, I need to think about how I feel about uh, a situation, St. Ignatius, who's amazing, talks about these feelings of consolation and desolation. Like, does, do I feel, do I feel God when I do this? Or do I feel far from God when I do this? And, and it's important to think about those things. Again, they cannot be our rudder. We need to think about them. So, if you have been taught to ignore your emotions, If you, you know, the, the verse about the heart is deceitful above all things, if that has been beaten over your head and you've taken that to mean that your heart is bad and evil and emotions are bad, then I want to say listen to your heart a little bit more. Listen to your emotions a little bit more. Maybe give them a little bit more authority in your life. Now, if you are a person that is completely run by your emotions, maybe listen to them a little bit less. (laughs) I'm only joking, kind of. (laughs) Couple more and we'll wrap up. Our circumstances. Circumstances, one of the most common ways God speaks to me is through open doors and closed doors. Sometimes I say, Lord, I'm going to keep on moving forward, and I trust that you're good and kind enough to stop me if I'm going in the right in the wrong direction. Remember, I trust that you'll stop me from going down the slide with the glass. I'm listening to you, but I'm trusting you're going to stop me. I know recently, like, Laura has been in the season of what I call killing it. <laughs> like everything she does is just, it feels like the Lord is just blessing and she's having lots of success in all of these different areas. And recently there was an opportunity that seemed like was presenting itself and we were beginning to get stressed out. Like all of these cool opportunities are opening up for Lara. How do, we're not gonna be able to do all these things. How do we know which ones to do and which ones not to do? And so we prayed that. We were like, Lord, would you close a door for, of the ones that you don't want Laura to pursue? And God answered that prayer. It was, like, really clear that certain things, the doors were wide open, and there were a couple things where the door, like, shut. And we're like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And, and, and again, that's, we, we, can, we can run it through the grid, and it's not always true. Sometimes the Lord wants us to keep on knocking. Sometimes the Lord wants to, us to keep on being faithful. But oftentimes, the Lord will speak to us through closed doors. And, and finally, the last way that the Lord speaks to us, and the grid we can run it through, is through the prophetic and through signs and wonders. Again, I am just medieval enough to believe that God speaks this way. God has given me dreams. God has given me pictures. God has had people speak prophetically over me. And the cool thing is oftentimes those line up perfectly with what I feel like the Lord is doing. And I can run those things through this grid. And I can go to people and say, Hey, I had this dream, and it feels like it's from the Lord. What do you think about it? Or I could say, Hey, Lord, I... I, Laura, I felt like the Lord said this to me. How does, how does that sound to you? You know, all those kind of stuff. Or sometimes, if you go into some like charismatic or Pentecostal circles, someone will have a word for you. And sometimes you hear the word and you're like, this is Buck Wild and it's not from the Lord. It goes against all reasoning. It doesn't sit well. And then sometimes you're like, how did you know that? How did you know that? And so I believe if we can give the Lord space, if we can seek relationship with Him, if it starts out of that relationship, if we, if we give the Lord the blank check of our life, and if we continue to be curious, and, and, but, 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 but also have a grid of, the Bible says, to discern. Discern. the the word of the Lord, discern the prophetic words. If we can do these things, I believe his voice will become clearer and clearer. The way that I have learned to hear the Lord's voice is by practicing. By saying, I think he's saying this, I am going to test it and see if I heard it from the Lord. John Wember used to say that Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. And John Wimber's not a lousy speller. (laughs) He's saying it's it's risk. It's saying, I think the Lord wants me to do this. I'm going to take a step and see. And so for for us, I want us to be a church that's curious. It says, I think God might be saying this. And then, but using wisdom by using wisdom of how we discern and having space where we can give the Lord room to speak and having space where we can, like, be wrong. And that's okay. So here's how we're going to end. We are going to give the Lord space to speak. And maybe he won't say anything. But maybe, maybe he's going to say something to you. Maybe it's going to be something that's a big deal or maybe it's going to be something... Simple. The thing that I hear most often from the Lord is, I'm proud of you. You're my boy. And the reason I hear it most is because it's like the exact opposite of what I think about myself. So I think the Lord can speak really significant things to us in this moment or very simple things. But let's do this. We talked last week about the prayer, Come, Holy Spirit we're going to say that prayer and just wait for a couple minutes and I want to encourage you to be curious about the thoughts you might have or the feelings you might have and we'll just see and let's, let's take him out of the box so if you have the Holy Spirit in a box that says this is how he speaks um, maybe maybe but maybe not So, come, Holy Spirit. And this might feel a little uncomfortable. Just take about two minutes. Come, Holy Spirit.